I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your, your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the most valuable player. They're going to get the number one seed anyway, but what if the difference had come down to the Chiefs game, you know, where he lied about being vaccinated and, you know, ended up not playing and they got beat. He ruined the entire offseason for that football team. They were left in jeopardy. They had no idea what they were doing. I think he's a bad guy. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. He doesn't know me. I don't know who he is. No one knew who he was probably until yesterday's comments. But, you know, his problem isn't with me being a bad guy or the biggest jerk in the league. His problem is I'm not vaccinated. You know, so if he wants to go on a crusade, come up with an, an extra letter and make it the most valuable vaccinated player, then he should do that. But he's a bum. Oh, what a week it was. Aaron Rodgers, Hub Arkish, NFL MVP. I'm Ben Kenny in with you. Final hour of the Bill Michaels show, taking you up to 2 p.m., Joining me now, Mike Clemens here. We're going to catch Matt LaFleur at 120, hear what he has to say about Jair Alexander, about the health of the team in advance of Sunday's game with the Lions. But joining me now before that, Mike Clemens to talk. Mike, what a week it was. I mean, this is, I mean, the last week of the year, not normally your biggest storyline for a team that has the one seed locked up. I'm excited to watch what Jordan Love could do, hopefully raise any trade stock that could be possible or show a glimpse into the future. But then we had the craziness of the NFL MVP comments. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I wanted to go back to flashback to week two of the season when these two teams that we're going to face on, off on Sunday, the Packers and the Lions, were on Monday Night Football. Have you got that flashback? Oh, I do. Okay. I mean, let's listen. Because you know what? It, you, when you hear some of this stuff, you can't believe how many things have changed in the last 17, 18 weeks in the NFL. All of us in the telephone company are organized to do just one thing, to give people good telephone service. The service rep makes the customer feel at home. You see, she wants to be sure the customer gets complete telephone service. Okay, I'm going to answer the Mike Clements, Tim Boyle question, if Tom could keep the sound down. Uh, I love Tim. Tim was like a little brother to me. We spent time off the field hanging out. He's a great, uh, great guy. Interesting guy, smart, gym rat, you know, really worked his butt off to get better. I want the best for Tim in this league because uh, he's one of the great guys in this league and, and he deserves it. It does feel like years ago, Mike, that these two teams squared off. I remember Quintez Cephas almost making an Odell Beckham catch on the sideline going into the end zone as the Lions actually led at half, or at least they put up 17 in the first half. I just remember the Joe Barry talk after that game. But yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like a different world, and obviously with everything surrounding Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Hey, my bad, Ben. Um, check your email. I've got a, a fresh set that I had for you. Uh, that was a a, a clip from yesterday, too, where um, we had such a strange day on the Zoom calls. Uh, things have tightened up in the NFL, obviously, with the, what's gone on with the pandemic. And, uh, and so, and, you know, all the cases that are going around the NFL. Fortunately, uh, the Packers have not had any new cases the last couple of days. They're getting some guys back. But, you know, from, from travel, like the plane rides to Detroit tomorrow and airlines and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, the media is, we've only been able to send a pool reporter into practice, and then we've had these Zoom calls 
going back to that rather than being in the media auditorium and wearing a mask, that kind of thing. And so they we're trying to talk to Aaron Rodgers yesterday, and there's like three people talking at the same time, and they're trying to bring a guy up on his cell phone, and Aaron's hearing like three or four different voices. But, you know, we were talking about the Tim Boyle and uh, who had been the backup for in Green Bay for three years who might be the starter this Sunday if Jared Goff can't get back from that bruised knee. But there was this, also this one clip I wanted to play from Monday Night Football when these first two teams met because the Packers came off that disastrous blowout in Jacksonville against the Saints. The Saints had to move their first game because of the hurricane in New Orleans. I mean, it's unbelievable the stuff that's gone on this season between hurricanes and COVID and, and everything else that happens in an NFL season. These coaches aren't kidding when they talk about adversity. Have you got that clip from Monday Night Football? Yes, sir. Yeah, let's, I mean, this is how... Feels like a big play for this Lions defense. Rodgers steps and fires. Adams is there and he's got it. Perfect rainbow from Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's no secret, man. I don't get a whole lot of opportunities where they just allow me to, you know, get over the top anymore. So it makes it tough, but um, great call in a good situation. And, um, you know, delivered a perfect ball. I just had to catch it. Mike, I remember going into that game and watching that game. It was I had a different attitude than I have now. After week one, you were kind of waiting to see what was going to go wrong, at least going into that game, because week one happens, and then they give up. I, I think the Lions scored 17 in that first half, and, and the team just didn't look even close to how it does now. I The attitude has completely changed. Like you that get- week, you were pointing out, you know, what was wrong, trying to find a couple bright spots, and now it's where I feel like we're nitpicking to find faults. Well, you, you know, but it, you go into week one, 38-3, to three, you know, and Jameis Winston tears you up, and that defense is swarming and all over Aaron Rodgers, and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, is this the way it's going to be without Bakhtiari and, and the other issues that they were facing? And, and, and so then, you know, and don't forget that your defensive backs were – Rookie Eric Stokes, Jair was out there. And then Kevin King, that's the other guy you're calling. And then Quintez Cephas, the former Badger, he's tearing them up with a touchdown catch um, uh, in, the, in the first half. And lines are up like 17-7 to 7 on Monday Night Football at Lambeau Field. And you're thinking, oh, my, what is going on? Is this the way this year's going to be? And Kevin King, you know, giving up that touchdown pass to Cephas. Cephas ended up a couple weeks later breaking his collarbone, went on IR for the rest of the year. And Matt LaFleur has to explain Kevin King giving up a touchdown pass to Cephas. You know, we're, not, we're never going to make excuses. Um, certainly, I think, I thought Kevin, especially when he played inside, he hadn't been doing it very long. And so there's, there's definitely some teachable moments um, and, and some things that we definitely have to clean up. But I thought, by and large, when he was inside, I thought he did a really good job. I thought Stokes coming in on the outside, he competed and had multiple pass breakups. So I, I thought it was um, overall just just everything that went on there, putting Kevin inside was was good for us. 
So, Mike, go, when I go back to that game and then even move forward into the Cincinnati game, another one of the things the Packers were struggling with were the big plays. I, I think back to a Jamar Chase touchdown at the end of the first half against Cincinnati. I mean, I guess this reflection is making you realize how much better the Packers have gotten and how well positioned they are right now because those plays aren't happening against them nearly as often. And this is weeks before we ever heard the name Rasul Douglas. Right. And they pick him up after Jair goes down. Uh, on that Monday night football game, all the offense was Aaron Jones. Four touchdowns that night. That's the night that he's wearing the locket around his neck of his father's ashes, his dad who passed away in the spring. And so, you know, Aaron Jones dedicating the season to him. You think, well, maybe this is going to be a big year for Aaron Jones. It starts to rain a Lambeau field after the game. And then Aaron Jones reveals, on one of my Lambeau leaps, I lost the necklace with my dad's ashes in it, a little, little black football. And then the team trainer, Brian Engel, he's out there walking the field till 2.30 in the morning, and he finds it in the turf in the empty Lambeau field. And Aaron Jones talks about his four touchdown night and obviously how proud his father would have been. Um, I think it would be more him saying something to me, but uh, just go, out, go, go home and tell him I did it, Dad. Uh, went out there and played at a high level and um, gave him all. Which touchdown did you lose the necklace on? It was uh, the I think it was the second passing one where I ran out the flat, uh, ran out the backfield on the flat uh, in the end zone opposite of the tunnel. So it was on the, like the right side of the field. Oh, so it's uh, it's a little black football, and uh, inside it has my dad's ashes. So, Mike, the first thing that brings me back to is it was a lot warmer at that time of year. I'm just thinking about the sun and, and warm nights compared to getting in my car. It was negative 12 this morning. Um, nice. But second, I mean, Aaron Jones had that great start, and then he gets injured. He, he gets banged up. A.J. Dillon comes in, and now I would I mean, they have, I would argue, the best position tandem going into the playoffs where you know that Jones is going to give you the electric stuff. He could, he can carry the ball 20, 25 times. But why would you when you also have Dylan, who on third and one will always fall forward and can get you those extra yards? And but seemingly it took a while for Dylan to get going. You know, several games later. Um, and the other one is that you gave up. You know, you you decided to move on from Jamal Williams. He signed in free agency. A big deal to go to the Lions. And Jamal was asked that week, leading up to that Monday night football game. Um, you know, he, people were saying so. You know, why did you want to get out of Green Bay? And he said, hey, it wasn't my idea to get out of Green Bay in free agency. Y'all act like I left on my own. Golly, I didn't do it. They didn't want me like that ex-girlfriend. Shoot, I got to go. Gladly, I got a rebound. It was the Lions. They picked me up. You know what I mean? Now they feeding me good, taking me to dinners. You know what I mean? Another man's treasure, another man's treasure. So, Mike, I first of all, I love that clip. I, I love his press conferences. But he led the Lions in carries last week with 11. Now they got blown out by the Seahawks, so they weren't running the ball often. But there's a good chance that he could end up being their lead back uh, against Green Bay on Sunday. Yeah, that's one other question we're looking for today, if DeAndre Swift is going to be able to go. I think he's going to be able to go because they want to see him and get more of a one-two punch going in their backfield for this Sunday's game at Ford Field. After the loss, you know, when they end up losing that one 35-17, to Green Bay put up like 17 points in the fourth quarter. So now Dan Campbell is now 0-2, and he and Jared Goff are trying to explain, you know, what's going on with the Lions. And Dan Campbell said he walked into that 
losing locker room in the visitors' locker room at Lambeau Field and said, I don't want to see any negative attitudes. Yeah, I just told them I don't want to see that shit. So they come in. I'm not that type of person. I'm not a negative person. I'm all about going to work. I want guys that are resilient, that are willing to go back to work. They love ball. They're going to clean up their mistakes. And those are the guys I'm looking for, man. I'm, I'm not a sulker. I'm not a guy who... Like, you're not going to get me down. I'm, and those are the type of people I want around me. I want guys that are looking for solutions. Probably we're going to fix our, you know, we're going to fix our mess. Because we put ourselves in this mess. So that's what I'm looking for. So I think we're, we're going to be just fine. We'll be upbeat. And it, you know what? It should sting. I hope it does sting. It stings me. And and that's okay. But that doesn't mean that you got to be negative or kick the dirt and everything else. And I don't want those guys around here. Yeah, I think, you know, kind of mentioned it last week. But, like, we're getting better. Um, and I think it's showing up in practice and, and today in the game in that first half. It, we are getting better. Um, we are getting more and more on the same page as time goes on. And um, Dan says it all the time. It's a race to improve. You know, how fast can we get to where we need to be? Because um, we're clearly not there yet. So, Mike, while this season has not been a success by any measure, 2-13-1 and one for the Lions, I have been impressed week in and week out how hard the team has fought. And it seems like their attitude, even when they hadn't won a game yet, maybe after that tie at Pittsburgh, they still were playing hard, and they were still battling. They beat the Vikings on that final play. They outplay Arizona from the starting whistle all the way through the game. I am impressed with Dan Campbell. The roster's not great, but they are playing for him. They are, and there seems to be no question that on Monday, Dan Campbell will still have a jab, job uh, as the head coach of the Detroit Lions after you know, a tough year. Also, um, that the biggest question over there is, whether or not Dan's going to give up play calling, offensive play calling, and if that's something he'll change maybe next year. In the meantime, also talk a little bit about the juice between these two teams. I think Aaron Rodgers is now 18-5 and five against Detroit, even all those years when they did have Matthew Stafford at quarterback, but they've gone through two or three coaches since then. And Rodgers was asked that week, week two, about the Packers versus Lions games, you know, do they get testy at times? The years against the Lions wasn't quite the same when they had Sue and Fairley and uh, some of those boys. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of affection shared by both sides. I remember especially the 2014 game. At the end of that game, the two-minute uh, kind of standoff that happened between both teams where nobody really went to the sideline. We had just got a first down to kind of ice the game. Those were some wars. You knew when you played Detroit during that era, it was going to be uh, gonna be some tough physical games. So, Mike, that's a storyline coming into this weekend. I mean, one elephant in the room here is that Adamican Sue is not on the Lions anymore. So, in theory, Aaron Rodgers' toe should be safe. But that's a storyline going into this game with, you know, the Packers thinking about resting starters, but it sounds like they're going to play him maybe for a quarter. Who knows? But uh, injuries is the big concern, and the Lions are a team that scraps. They are a team that plays hard. Um, but Sue is no longer there, so I feel some safety. So, here's the other thing. It's week two. Now, LaFleur rested 30 veterans during those three preseason games. And so all you had really to go on was those of us try, tra- covering training camp practices every day say, oh, no, Rodgers looks fine. He's into it. You know, took him four or five days. Man, he's thrown that ball all over the yard. And then he gets blown out in Jacksonville, and the offense looks lethargic, and the defense gets run over. And all of the national commentators, I looked this up because, frankly, I forgot all about this 
been. I forgot all about this, but there are all kinds of national guys, both on TV and written, that are saying, you know, Aaron Rodgers looked like he didn't want to be there week one, like he was just going through the motions. And maybe things are, are changing. Maybe he already wants out of Green Bay. He's just showed up and he's taken a check. Well, so then Rodgers goes out there and puts up 17 in the fourth quarter and gets a 35-17 win over the same old lines on Monday Night Football. So Aaron was asked after the game, you know, do you heard a lot of comments out, out there that, you know, maybe you didn't really want to be back in Green Bay. And here's what Rodgers said. <laughs> I just think people like to say a lot of bullshit, and it's nice to come back in here after a game like that. Oh, I do remember that. I, what a year it's been for Aaron Rodgers at the podium from the, the whole thing and his first day back at training camp. I, it, it's done nothing short of, of entertain, I'll say well, that. Right, and, then, and I know you played it before, but just one more time. I mean, the two stories of the week in the National Football League are Antonio Brown walking out in the Buccaneers in the middle of the game, and then finally being released yesterday, and Bruce Arians saying, you know, the guy told me he wasn't going to go back out there, he was hurt, and then there's other people saying that he was looking for, you know, he's upset about his money in Tampa Bay, that he wanted some of it guaranteed, and that was some of the things behind the scenes. And the other story is this thing with Hub Arkish, who's been covering the NFL for 45 years. He's a friend of Wayne Larrabee. He and Wayne Larrabee were in the booth for the 1985 Chicago Bears Super Bowl team. You know, Hub has covered the NFL from cover to cover, and also he's been on the Packers Radio Network pregame show for 20 years, and he makes this comment as an MVP voter this week about Aaron Rodgers. I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your, your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the most valuable player. They're going to get the number one seed anyway, but what if the difference had come down to the Chiefs game, you know, where he lied about being vaccinated and, you know, ended up not playing and they got beat. He ruined the entire off season for that football team. They were left in jeopardy. They had no idea what they were doing. I think he's a bad guy. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. He doesn't know me. I don't know who he is. No one knew who he was probably until yesterday's comments. But, you know, his problem isn't with me being a bad guy or the biggest jerk in the league. His problem is I'm not vaccinated. You know, so if he wants to go on a crusade, come up with an extra letter and make it the most valuable vaccinated player, then he should do that. But he's a bum. Mm. Mike, my my take on all that aside, yeah, it, it has been nothing short of interesting. Uh, Aaron Rodgers at the podium and everything related to it. So all the heat that Hub took for that, and mostly because since he's one of the voters for the Associated Press for Most Valuable Player, a lot of former players are saying, see, see, this is the crap that we've been talking about, because you should be judged by your stats, whether you're, you know, T.J. Watt and you got 21 sacks for the year, or you're a quarterback and you threw 40 touchdowns, or you're a running back, you know, like Jonathan Taylor and You've done great things for your franchise. So your stats, and then also just, you know, as a player, are you the difference maker, uh, you know, on a team that can, you know, propel them to a winning season or, or whatever the circumstances. But then there's this politics. You know, is it, you know, if you're Dennis Rodman, you show up with a wedding dress and a cigar, is that really the guy that we want you to represent? Well, you know, former players are saying, see, that shouldn't be part of the equation. And yet, at the same time, all the heat that Hub got this week, um, everybody forgets about what Terry Bradshaw was saying about Aaron Rodgers when he didn't show up to mandatory camp last spring and was sitting out the whole season. Here was Terry Bradshaw 
last May on you know the word that Rogers wanted Gudikins fired. It was either him or me before I come back to Green Bay. With him being that upset shows me just how weak he is. Who the hell cares who you draft? I mean, he's a three-time MVP in the league, and he's worried about this guy they drafted last year at number one. And for him to be upset, my God, I don't understand that. Pittsburgh drafted Mark Malone, number one, Cliff Stout in the third or fourth round. I had I had him coming at me from all angles. I embraced it because when we went to practice, I wasn't worried about those guys. It didn't scare me a bit. So I don't understand why he's so upset at Green Bay. And then, then if they fired the general manager, he'll come back. Are you kidding me? Really? Aaron, that's that's where this is. Here's what I'd do. I wouldn't budge. Let him gripe. Let him cry. Retire. You're 38. Go ahead and retire. See you later. Wow. I, I forgot about that, but I guess that was during a time where there was chaos everywhere with Rodgers and Hawaii and all that stuff. I will say, Mike, I am on the side of the players when it comes to these things do affect their pocketbook, right? The Pro Bowl, all that voting, while people can crap on the Pro Bowl all they want, players have incentives that if they make the Pro Bowl, they make more money, and it's how they get bigger contracts. Yet, when it's put into the hands of people that don't do it based on the field, I understand where they're coming from. It's just, you know, and Terry Bradshaw, by the way, he won four Super Bowls as a player, and even though they were drafting guys behind him, he was winning them Super Bowls, four of them, you know, within the same decade. Um it just is amazing, though, the, as, as gifted as Aaron Rodgers is, and I think overall he's got a pretty good situation in Green Bay, what a lightning rod he has become after coming off an MVP season. And is all of this because they took Jordan Love? I, I don't know. Right. All right, Mike. Uh, we're going to step away, take a quick break. Matt LaFleur should be meeting with the media when we come back. That's coming up next on the Bill Michaels Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I wanted this job bad because I felt like I knew this community. I played here, all right? Here's what I know. Just as an overall philosophy, you're gonna say, well, what's this team gonna be? What's it not gonna be? Here's what I know, all right? I know that Detroit's made up of great people, some really good people, all right? This community is strong. This place has been kicked, it's been battered, it's been bruised, and I can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. I can give you, uh, you know, hey, we're gonna win this many games. I can't, that, uh, none of that matters, and you guys don't wanna hear it anyway. You've had enough of that shit, so excuse my language. All right, here's what I do know. This team is going to take on the identity of this city. This city's been down and it found a way to get up. All right, it's found a way to uh, overcome adversity. All right, and so this team's going to be built on, we're going to kick you in the teeth. All right, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right, and we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up, and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before before long, we're going to be the last one standing. Oh, my goodness. What an unbearable fight song. Mike Clemens joining me on the line. Mike, I didn't know that that existed. I want yeah, to start and there. So there's this disc jockey that's down on the side of the field, and he's wearing a, a Lions hard hat, 
and a jersey with a double zero, and I think it's he's called Gridiron. Nice guy. He's got the microphone. He's got the, the DJ turntables. And whenever they do score a, a field goal or, or an occasional touchdown, they play that <laughs> crap over the speakers. And, you know, you look at these people, and, I mean, they're, they're good people from Michigan, and how they put up with this stuff year after year, you know, and the, the, the blue and the silver, and they're wearing their jerseys. But I'll tell you, they've got Ford Field rocking. The last five years or so, they have upped their game with the scoreboard and the sound in there, a lot of the, the kinds of things that the Vikings have been doing in their dome stadium. And we, when I'm in there, I expect to see what I've seen the last couple of years. It, you know, it used to be 50-50 or even more Packer fans. But now it'll be about 80% Lions fans, and they'll, they'll stay in the place and fill it up because they, they, they seem to be behind this stuff more than ever. And Dan Campbell comes in, and he brings in, like, Anthony Lynn, the former Chargers head coach and former Broncos running back to help him with offense. He's got Deuce Staley there as his backfield coach. And, you know, he brought in a lot of veteran guys, guys that either played the game or or this is their first time coaching and, and everything. But, like, you know, like we said, first of all, the roster's really short, and they've got to just totally build their defense. I don't know if Jared Goff is going to be their expect, But the good news is the Lions will have – Plenty of really cool draft picks coming up next spring. Right, right. And Deuce Staley, longtime Eagle running backs coach. I was I, I was impressed with him forever. I thought he should get a head coaching job. So getting him to coach the backfield. He's a culture guy. I was always really impressed with him throughout his time there. And I mean that the fight song does sound a little Italian opera to me, which is not my personal <laughs> taste. Um I want to get into this game from a Packers perspective quickly. So in terms of playing the starters. LaFlores, he's indicated that they will play, and a lot of the guys have said that they really want to get on the field and keep it going. Do you have an indication as to how long exactly they will play? I don't. Um, I thought that this is a great opportunity. I thought from, I thought Brian Gutekinds would come down the hallway and say, hey, Matt, I mean, let's face it, it is a meaningless game, and I understand that you want to have your team, your first team, fine-tuned and ready to go you know, two weeks from now when we play in the playoffs. And maybe there's some things you want to work out and some more experience you want to get for certain guys and everything. But, geez, there's some of these practice squad guys we'd really like to get a look at. And this is a live game, and this will help us with our evaluations and decisions that we've got to make going into the draft next spring, you know, who stays and who doesn't. This is the time of the year where, you know, there's been other guys on the practice squad that got a few snaps on special teams here and there. And then they end up being, you know, starters like Alan Lazard a couple of years ago. He gets added, you know, in November, December, and he's running around the practice field. Starts getting snaps at the end of the year, and the next thing you know, he becomes a key component, especially when Devontae Adams had some injuries. So, I I asked Lafleur about that, and he said, you know what? He claimed there's no short list of players that you know Brian wants to look at. I am trying to get these guys to continue with a winning culture and to not take their foot off the gas. And, and, and obviously the lions, even Dan Campbell said that though, this week, Ben, right. that, that, you know what, there might be some young guys that we want to get out there and take a look at because he's trying to get motivation from his starters, everything he can. And he's trying to, he would love to end out with a huge upset over the team with the best record, the NFC. If he could pull that off at home, well, then they can sell some tickets and, and sell some hope, you know, for the 22 season in Detroit. 
Right. So Mike Clemens with me, Matt LaFleur, not speaking to the media right now or not that I could see. When he does, you will hear it when he comes to the podium. Mike, I, I asked in terms of the starters resting because when Aaron Rodgers inevitably comes out of the game on Sunday, Jordan Love is going to come in. It's going to be the first time we've seen him in significant live game reps since Kansas City, since that whole week. But since then, he's had eight or nine weeks of getting the practice reps with the ones due to Aaron Rodgers' toe. Aaron hasn't really done much of practice. It's been all Jordan Love, which I, in my, in my opinion as an outsider, seems very beneficial to him. I'm excited to see Jordan Love because I see a scenario where he plays really well and the Packers come away with it knowing either A, worst case scenario, Aaron leaves and Jordan Love is able to be there and play, or if Aaron Rodgers stays then Love can maybe be traded or they can find another solution moving forward, kind of like a Brady-Jimmy-G situation. In other words, they're showcasing Love for the rest of the league? I it, Not showcasing, maybe? I Because they already – that could be a way to do it or just to see what he's like against another team. Because I don't think – I, in my opinion, I don't think they know yet inside the building because they've seen him in live significant reps against the Chiefs. It was up and down, but you could see his inexperience. Then he gets a lot of practice reps. I don't really think you know whether or what he's going to be until you see him against another team. So maybe right, also again, to prove to themselves. Right, and you know, coming back from Kansas City, I hear a lot of the Packer fans say, oh, see, look, Jordan Love stinks. Well, don't forget, all last spring, while Aaron Rodgers was sitting out and everybody was saying, well, look, that's a good thing because Jordan Love and Blake Bortles can get all <laughs> the snaps during the OTAs and the minicamp, et cetera. Except... You know, Devontae finally showed up for the mandatory minicamp, but he didn't take any snaps. He didn't. He, he wasn't running any routes for whatever inexplicable reason from Jordan Love. And Lazard didn't, MVS didn't come to a lot of those OTAs. So in other words, Jordan Love may have been taking all the snaps last spring, but the main targets weren't really there to participate. And then he was, you know, the backup when Aaron showed up for training camp. Um, he got a fair amount of snaps during the preseason, but he got hurt in the first game, had to sit out the second game. And, you know, so Jordan Love is still pretty much in his rookie season. So he got to play in the Chiefs. And so, yeah, when Rodgers ironically gets COVID, uh, Jordan Love gets some of his first real reps repeatedly during the week on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays with the first team to get the team ready for that. And, and so you would hope that, you know, I mean, they brought him in with seven minutes left Sunday night against the, the Vikings, but that was just a clock the game. You know, you would hope that they would put in some stuff for Jordan Love this weekend for the second half where he's throwing the ball, running the play action, running the misdirection, and seeing where his progress is. Right, and uh, that's my ideal scenario. Rodgers plays maybe half a quarter or a full quarter, does what he needs to do to stay fresh, as well as Devontae. And then you get love in there, hopefully for the rest of the game. Maybe Kirk Benker to kneel at the end so we could post a picture on Instagram. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which I love Benker for that. All right, we're going to step away, take a quick break. No Matt LaFleur yet at the podium. So we'll be back with Mike Clemens coming up after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in. Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny taking you up to 2 o'clock here on a Friday. 
Matt LaFleur just stepped to the podium. Updates on Jair Alexander, David Bakhtiari. Let's go in and take a listen. I'm doing good, Bill. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, so how did Dave look on Wednesday and Friday, and what, are, what do you think for Sunday for him? Yeah, I thought he looked really good. But, um, you know, we'll see how he comes in tomorrow and see how he's feeling before we totally commit to that, whether or not he's playing. Steve McGargy. So Jair was back at practice today. Any other changes on the COVID list? And what's Jair's potential availability, if at all, for Sunday? Yeah, th there's been no new updates with the COVID list, but I would not anticipate Jair playing. Um, just ha only having the one day this week, uh, I don't want to put him out there. Mark Daniel. Hey, Matt, got me? Got you, Mark. Uh, you know, do you have a – are you still going to play it by ear, or do you have a more firm plan on, on playing time, or you just kind of see how that goes in the game? Well, I just want to see how the the flow of the game goes. I would say that, yeah, I've th put a lot of thought into it. But here's the reality. This is not preseason game number three where you have 75 guys or 70 guys in uniform. We've got 48 players. So the guys are going to play. I, there could be a couple guys that come out early, but I would say the majority of our football team, when you only have 48 helmets on game day, they're going to play the majority, if not the whole game. Rob Domofsky. Hey, Matt, uh, regardless of what happens um, in a season finale, I can't remember, if, I apologize if we asked you this earlier, but is there any sort of carryover in your experience to postseason or not? Well, I, that's tough for me to answer. And I would say not in, necessarily in uh, the situation that we're in now because I've never been in this situation. So um, I've just never experienced anything like this before where you are the number one seed with a game left in the regular season. So um, I'm sure we'll learn a lot from this. Ryan Wood. With that said about the, the limit of players, surely you, you could get away with taking one or two guys off the field, namely an MVP quarterback. Um, is, is that uh, why does he need to play? I don't think he necessarily needs to play. I think he's proven that uh, throughout the course of the season in terms of the lack of practice that he's had and still going out there playing at an MVP level. Um, so I don't think he necessarily needs to play. Um, I think he wants to play, and I think he wants to keep the momentum going. Bill Huber? Yeah, with uh, going back to Dave and Jair again, um, is it maybe different for Dave to play just because it's a physical position you maybe, and you maybe can't replicate that on the practice field, while Jair – you probably could replicate that in the practice field. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of variables that uh, weigh into the decisions, but certainly I think in David's case, here's a guy that he hasn't played in over a year. So um, would we love to see him out there? Absolutely. But I want to make sure, and we want to make sure that, and th that he's in the right mindset first and foremost, but also that he can protect himself and that he's, he's, fully functional and, and um, you know he's coming off a big injury so we just want to make sure everything's a hundred percent they're as close as it can be to a hundred percent before we put them out there Jason Wilde so Matt you said 
earlier this week that you wanted you wanted to get those guys work if you could in this game so they have some game experience going to the playoffs. So what does your preparation for them look like then moving forward into next week and, and in two weeks to get them to where you want them to be? Well, I think that's something that we'll monitor on a daily basis and adjust as we go. But I would say in an ideal setting, uh, th- those guys would be full participants in practice without any limitations. And, you know, one thing that we've got to make sure with, with all these guys um, on our team is making sure that we get the conditioning in um, and, and as well as just keeping their mind sharp on ball. Tom Silverstein. Matt, is there any chance when you get to Sunday you decide you don't want to play Rodgers, that you just don't think it's worth it? And have you thought that through? I mean, to what extent have you thought it through uh, in terms of the risk? Yeah, I mean, that's that's all we've been kind of thinking about and talking about, Tom, um, is just, yeah, making sure that we protect him to the best of our ability and you know call plays hopefully that don't put him in jeopardy obviously there's there's risk every time you step out on that field whether it's a game field or whether it's a practice field uh and everything you do so we just want to make sure we're smart but i there's i can't uh think of anything that would take him off of the field right now unless he came to me with some concerns that's schneidman Matt, Aaron, Aaron had mentioned Sunday that Randall might have a chance to play. Is that the case, or do you think he still needs the bye week to get back to playing shape? I thought Randall looked really good. Um, but I think, it, you know, just with the circumstances right now, I, I just talked to him. Uh, I think it's in everybody's best interest to give him two more weeks to amp that up and, and let him go uh, in the playoffs. Brian Wood. Curious how Josh Myers is doing, um, chances he might play. But with the way that Lucas Patrick has played center for you, is Josh guaranteed that starting spot when he returns? That's the spot he was drafted to play. But is that is that his spot when he returns to full health, or, or is Lucas Patrick going to retain that? I think that's something that we'll, we'll work through. But I think Josh has done an outstanding job. He's looked really good at practice. I would anticipate him playing in this game. Um, and then we'll kind of just – there, first of all, there's nothing guaranteed. No, 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 uh, no job. I should say that. I say that kind of loosely. The majority of jobs aren't aren't necessarily guaranteed. Um, but we're, we're always, you guys know, we're always trying to put the best combination of of guys out there, especially when you're talking the offensive line. I think Lucas has done more than um, we could ever imagine. I think he's playing at a really high level. So. That is definitely within the conversations of just trying to get the best five out there that give us the best chance to win. Jason Wildey. Matt, you know, um, talking about the 48 helmets that you have on game day, um, Campbell was pretty – his team's obviously in a vastly different position than you guys are. But he was, he was very clear that he did want to get a look at a bunch of young guys because of the position they're in. Is there the possibility to both – you know, get Aaron and Devontae and those guys some work, but also take this as an opportunity to see some young guys in a game that really does count. It's not a preseason game, and you've game-planned, et cetera. Is there a value in that for you guys? 
Oh, absolutely. I think there's value in every opportunity that these guys get to go out there and compete. So we're always we're always evaluating every time we get in those competitive situations, whether it's practice and there's nothing like the game reps, just to see how these guys respond, you know, in the moment um, when things aren't necessarily scripted, how they react to looks that you may or may not be totally prepared for. Um, so absolutely, there's always value to watching guys go out there and compete. There he is. That's Matt LaFleur, at least most of it. Updates, updates, updates. Rodgers and Adams pretty much definitely going to play on Sunday. We don't know for how long. Bakhtiari, they said that they will decide tomorrow whether he suits up. Jair Alexander was a no. Josh Myers, center, first time since he was injured, expected to play on Sunday against the Lions. No Randall Cobb. It seems as though a playoff return is the likely scenario there. And the floor said it again, but let's be real here. He said he's hopeful for Zadarius Smith to come back this season. I don't see any way that happens. We're going to come back, take a quick break. Final segment, Bill Michaels show coming up next. Some takeaways from what LaFleur said. Those were the updates, but some takeaways on what it could mean for the game and for them going into the playoffs. That's next on the Bill Michaels show. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in final segment, Bill Michaels show before we send you off on the weekend. I don't really know what I'm going to do this weekend. Sunday is obviously an NFL day when I, I feel like a lot of the noon games though, aren't really going to matter. I'm, I'm going to watch the Packers game. I cannot wait to see what Jordan loves going to do, but a lot of these week 18 games, really, I feel like a lot was decided last week. You obviously have saints, Falcons, Saints, if they win and the Niners lose, they're in. Then you have the Sunday night game. Chargers, Raiders pretty much win and in there. Uh, that game is taking place in Las Vegas. I want to go over a bit of what LaFleur just said and what it means for both this weekend and for maybe the team in the playoffs. So first, I love the fact that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are going to play. If it's a quarter, if it's a half, don't care about that. But we saw what happened week one. When none of them played in the preseason, it was pretty undoubted. They weren't on the same page. The team as a whole just was not really set to go battle with a really good Saints defense. I think they could step into the same situation if they rest this week, then they have the bye week, and then they play later on. That's a little bit too much time off for my liking. And I know they could get hurt. No matter what happens, you're going to look back and say, oh, they should have done this. So it's a pretty impossible scenario. But I think you can dial up a game That'll get Rodgers not hurt and and maybe, I mean, as Devontae said, he said, if you're scared, go to church, right? He's there to play. He wants to break Jordy Nelson's record. I think he has 23 yards left until he eclipses that mark. Uh, highest single season receiving yard total in Packers history. David Bakhtiari, great news. Him playing on Sunday would be awesome. Now they said they're going to decide tomorrow whether he plays. He's going to need to play on Sunday against the Lions if he's going to suit up in the playoffs. I don't see a guy that hasn't played football in a game for a year just be able to slide in there in the divisional round of the playoffs against a really formidable football team. 
So if he's able to play against Detroit and shows good things, that could be huge to get him at left tackle. Obviously a position where you've been crushed by injury, including his. Uh, then you move to cornerback with Jair Alexander. It's different from offensive line there, right? It, it's not as impact and physical and timing and everything as Bakhtiari getting back at left tackle will be. Cornerback is something I feel like you can replicate more in practice where I don't need Jair to go out and play on Sunday to be confident in him coming back and playing for the playoffs. Plus, he had played this year, right? He got hurt, what was that, week five, week six. In terms of Josh Myers, I don't really know what to do there, honestly. Lucas Patrick has been pretty solid at center since he took over uh, Myers' injury. And, I mean, Myers is a rookie, right? He's a guy that's been out most of the year. I don't know if him coming back, that's going to be an automatic bonus and, and a benefit and a step forward for the position. So we'll see. I mean, I would love to see him play on Sunday, as with all the guys that have been injured, but I don't know what to do there in terms of starting guys in the playoffs. Luckily, I guess it's not my specific decision to make, but we'll see on Sunday. We'll see what he looks like then.